start like a new topic or do you want to keep talking about what you were talking about i don't remember what i was talking about okay fair enough so Corey, i've known you since i was 12 you are literally my oldest friend that's why i call you my elder friend we've known each other for 20 years oh shit. has it really we're old it? we're Damn. so old yes because i was talking to my mom yesterday and i was like oh my god i'm gonna podcast with Corey tomorrow and she's like Oh, that guy from, you know, Meadowview. And I was like, yeah, we've known each other for like 20 years, mom. Shit's crazy. But yeah, I really, I, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I so said we got a Jackson at fucking 20. <laughs> <laughs> 20 years. That's fucking crazy. I can't even. I know. Damn. Do you remember right. when I used to wear pink? Because I low-key kind of talked about you in my last episode. I, yeah, no, I do remember that. Uh, so... There was a specific thing that I remember. We were in Mr. Clazy's class. Yeah. And uh, afterwards, <laughs> we were walking around the school. And uh, on the, you know, there's just little black gum spots all over <laughs> the ground. I'm like, there's so much fucking gum on the ground. It's crazy. I was just like, that's fucking gross. And you're just like, yeah, it went from pink to black. 
I did that once. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that is like such a fun high school memory for me. But... It really is. It was awesome. Dude, it's just funny because I would see you at the bus stop and we like we saw each other, but we didn't really talk. And it wasn't until we were in the English class together that we like were the two weirdos that were paired to like be in a team to do yeah. whatever assignment. And then there was that one other kid that fucking painted X's right here on his face. Oh, I don't know. He's not memorable he, to he me. He had like big spiky hair and fucking little X's right here. Nope. His name, I can't remember his name. I think it was like Arthur or something like that. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I I don't know. I've always kind of felt like this, this kindred spirit connection with you. Like, okay. I mean, we've known each other for a really, really long time. And I feel like, besides like my exes, you probably know me the best out of anybody. You know what I mean? So it's only fitting that like, I should ask you to be on here. And obviously you're like a musician. And um, <clears throat> we've often had discussions about mental health. And every time, I feel like every time I have a crisis, you're like a person that I could count on, which really means like so much to me because we were talking a little bit earlier and you were saying how people don't want to hear about, you know, your mental health issues or whatever. And honestly, personally to me, if you're friends with somebody like that, then they're not really a friend. They're just an acquaintance. You know what I mean? So yeah I kind of get where they're coming from though you know when it comes to that stuff I don't I used to get like really mad about that but um you know I get wanting wanting some distance from that stuff you know especially if it's somebody that um especially if it's somebody that really isn't that close to you okay well yeah I guess if it's someone that you like just come by in passing then it's kind of weird to get like immediately heavy but yeah like if it's somebody that you like no no you should be able to count on them to like hey man I'm going through a hard time and I need someone to talk to you know and you've always been that guy for me so I really like and we always just have really interesting kind of ridiculous but fascinating conversations and there's like so much that I just want to unpack with you but I, okay. I want to start you know with at the beginning and I want you to talk about whatever you feel comfortable talking about like no pressure yeah. If there's and if you say something that you're not comfortable with I can always edit it um later so tell me about little Corey what was little Corey like what did little Corey go through and how did that shape you into the person you are today oh man um so there's a picture I mean you remember who my cousin is my cousin's a pretty bad bad person he's, he's the first guy <laughs> I ever kissed he was a terrible kisser by the way uh <laughs> um, but, <laughs> so there's um there's a picture of me and him when we're babies and uh I, I don't I don't know I, I don't even know if I was like really able to like walk that good at that point like it's it's like a picture of when we're really little and we're both up on the on a windowsill and I got my hands on the windowsill out the window and I'm just like like yelling or something and he's <laughs> laughing and I guess the story was that I, that we had found the window and then people who were walking down the street, I was just fucking, ah, like screaming at them. And it was, and David was cracking the fuck up every time I did it. <laughs> so then I kept doing that. Like, and then, so they went around, they went outside with the camera and then fucking got a picture of it, you know, because, because of that, but not much has changed. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, 
<laughs> I, I feel like that really does sum you up as a person. You've always yeah. just been that awkward, weird guy that I was able to like, I don't know, connect with because I was also a yeah. weird and awkward kid. Well, it's weird. It, uh, in some ways, I'm I'm totally down to just like kind of show my ass and just like be out there and be seen and just like be loud and ridiculous. But then uh, a lot of times when I get in it, get kind of like enclosed with a, you know, a, a group of, a group of people that I don't really know that much. Like I hole up really bad in this situation. So, so it's weird. It's a weird duality where it's like, in some ways I'm ex- like super loud and extra. And then in other ways, like, I'm just like, I'm too quiet and it's weird and it makes other people feel weird. And I can tell that, but then it just makes it worse. And I don't really know how to get past that. Yeah. I don't know how to get past it just, that either. It just gets, it just, now it's awkward and the whole conversation feels forced we yeah. are all awkward and forced here i mean that's just when you should maybe <laughs> walk out of the room and not engage with anyone and go smoke a cigarette i don't know i don't know do you want to talk about like any experiences that you had growing up as a young as a youngling Ooh, um sure i can't think of anything right off the bat but you know i didn't have a fun childhood my uh my parents had me when they were real young and um, my dad was kind of a hard ass and um, did a lot of things that like, it's weird. You know, uh, I don't know if I told you this, but I've actually had like several conversations with him since my birthday on in October. Really? Yeah. I've talked to him, I think four times now. Dude. Yeah. That's and freaking time, awesome. Yeah. And each time was like probably about an hour and a half each time. Holy so. shit. Dude, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. And so I had to, every time I feel like I'm just like motor mouthing because I'm like trying to catch him up on eight years of shit, you know? Yeah. Or nine years of shit or however long it was since I saw him, you know? Um, you know, and even before that, we weren't really talking very much at all. It was just like I occasionally would see him or like when my siblings went and lived with him, I would go over and visit and, you know, hang out a little bit. But it wasn't like, it wasn't like father son time or anything you know what I mean like he's he doesn't connect with people very well you know and so like neither do I um because of that and my house my household was always you know chaotic full of like people screaming at each other and and everything like that to the point where um you know I deal with conflict well someone's screaming at me I don't have to yell back unless I want to you know it doesn't just like you know bring that out of me I realized at a certain point with with my mom at least that like I can have a more productive conversation if I don't yell back you know or I could I, I could have a more productive argument I get I to, the way I was looking at it was I was like I can win these arguments if I don't yell back if I stay calm and she's screaming at me and I just say mm-hmm. <laughs> you know are you done yelling which she hated <laughs> you know <laughs> like that uh that you know I I would usually you know actually get through to her you know at times but you know they split up when I was like 10 years old and um you know I guess a lot of your I guess probably why you're bringing that up is because like your childhood really shapes who you are yeah you know um but I mean, there's a lot of stuff that comes with that. Well, yeah, you had mentioned that it shapes who you are today. And I don't know, 
I'm not sure how you like view yourself, but I've always, I've always like admired you because I always thought you were highly intelligent, very creative, and just an overall fascinating and deep intellectual person. And like, I, I don't know, I feel like a lot of the times when, when we'd be talking, like you never really saw those aspects within yourself. And I just, I know growing up that you went through a lot of shit and I went through a lot of shit. And that's kind of like what brought us together as friends, as really good friends was that we were both trying to escape from like these shitty, you know, childhood situations or teenage situations. And I'm just, I just kind of wanted to explore anything that you were comfortable sharing about, you know, the dynamics that you were experiencing at that time. <clears throat> and um, I'd also like to get into your transition, like in your music taste, because back when we were talking, you were like a big time metal head, you know, and so was I. So we both listened to metal and like I would I watched your band Donuts Requiem and you played um, <laughs> you played, you know, do metal back in the day and you had hair down to like your ass. And I just I oh. you had the most beautiful hair and I know it wasn't my decision or like I had no say in it but I was absolutely heartbroken when you fucking chopped it off because you were like you know I always had short hair growing Jiu-jitsu. Jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Oh, Jiu-jitsu. that's right Dude. you started doing martial arts we can get into, the, yeah, get into that too yeah well I always you know I always had a thing with with the martial arts like that's one thing that was really good that my dad did do for me is that you know he put me in that at a pretty young age you know and I got a lot of guidance there outside of the house that I wouldn't have fucking gotten otherwise and I would probably be I'd definitely be a worse person without it like a hundred percent um but yeah you can't have you can have long hair in jiu-jitsu but you can't have hair as long as I fucking had in jiu-jitsu don't worry you gotta you gotta you gotta do like what the the MMA fighters do where they fucking they they braid it all up and yeah do it was, that was too much for me so i just cut a mohawk and fucking set bucket and my yeah. instructor hated, hated that because i was doing the kids class so the fucking dude who with the it, it, in the kids class had a fucking floppy mohawk and shit <laughs> um but the parents loved me anyway the kids liked me too it took a little while for me to get into it, it, get into teaching the kids you know yeah um but you know going back to to childhood stuff you know that's something that shaped me you know, like uh, going and learning what I learned from Brian. Um, so, I, like, I had the opportunity to give that back by running the kids' class. And, you know, at first they were terrified of me, you know, <laughs> but, you know, and I hit it well, but I was terrified of them too. Oh my know? gosh. Ah, these little shits, like all their lives in my hands, you know, put too much pressure on myself as always, <laughs> you know. But, well, maybe- uh, what first of all what kind of martial arts did you study again and what made you want to get into it so um what made me want to get into it was that well a couple things like uh when i was real when i was really young uh in elementary school like like real early like when they first came out uh and before they were actually released on tape my dad would get tapes of the pay-per-views or or of however you saw them back then of like the the like original UFCs yeah like like the very first ones like with Hoist Gracie winning all of them 
when nice. he was tapping everybody out. So my dad probably looked at that and said, damn, that little dude is tapping out people way fucking bigger than him, choking him, you know? So like, I think he's, he's the one that picked it. You know, he's the one that picked it when he put me in it. And then, um, you know, so I trained that for a few years when I was, when I was a kid and then it got taken away from me because my grades were bad, that which sucks. was the which was the worst thing that you could have done for me because it was like the one thing that I was like willingly doing because I wouldn't fucking do anything else. You know, I didn't do nothing that I didn't want to do. Um, you know, I'm stubborn like that. And uh, also the education system that we have here, or I don't even know if there is one anywhere else. Like you say, I'm a, I'm like a smart guy, but I'm not like an educated guy. Like, I don't like know things, <laughs> you yeah, know I mean? <laughs> but we could argue that the stuff that they taught us in school, wasn't necessarily something that would make it's us intelligent. Skills. Yeah. It's not life skills. I never learned <laughs> yeah. how to fucking do my taxes or just basic everything that, w- that we were taught in school is like, can basically be thrown out the window. You know, uh, all you need is what a basic math and like a little bit of history and learn how to read and write and you're good like everything else in yeah. between was just a whole lot of bullshit and i feel like it's just the... a precursor for college which is the real education yeah yeah so. for sure i mean i, I kind of wish i went back to college maybe i still will we'll see who knows but um but that doesn't what i'm trying to get at is that just because you like did shitty in school didn't mean that you weren't a bright person because you totally were you just weren't interested in the material because you know it was bullshit which is exactly oh. how i was too yeah. But and, anyway, th- through that, like that's the style that we that we trained. So it's a it's supposedly it was a style that Brian created himself. But all it was was MMA without the term MMA mm-hmm. and then without like a fully rounded set because there was no wrestling. There wasn't a rest. There was no like wrestling program or anything like that. And there weren't a whole lot of there weren't a whole lot of people who did any kind of like high, st- high school and definitely no collegiate wrestlers where we were at. So, you know, that being said, we'd get fucking taken down. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, um, but there was a lot of uh, judo. And yeah, yeah. Uh, judo, uh, judo and jujitsu <laughs> was like the fucking grapp- grappling aspects of it. And then boxing and uh, kempo karate were the fucking main like aspects of it. And so like mostly it was it was a kempo karate and brazilian jiu-jitsu school but um so is that like striking and grappling it's everything it's everything okay yeah Yeah. and so like one of the things a lot of the stuff that we would do is like you know what if i did this what if i did this like let's let's fuck around with that you know and then just like drill a lot of stuff try a lot of things out so a lot of it was trial by you know trial by fire and fucking like pressure testing everything which was which is cool you need that um but you know no no one school is like a complete thing so like these days i'm more focused on on uh on kind of boxing is like kind of my thing but with covid you can't train so like i mean you you probably can but i wasn't already going somewhere that I was that I I wasn't already going somewhere where I was like cool like in cool enough to like be in with whoever's still fucking training regardless of the 
of the stuff. And then on top of that, like I want to be respectful of people that I'm around and not be swapping sweat with, with people who I don't know what they're doing in their own lives and all that. Yeah. So like martial arts is martial arts and music, which are my two favorite things have been put on halt for this entire pandemic, you know? Yeah. yeah. It was, it's been hard, man. It has been yeah. so fucking hard. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a martial artist, but the the music aspect I can definitely relate to. Um, let's talk about music. You're you were in two bands previously before this whole COVID epidemic started. Do you want to yeah. talk a little bit about those? Yeah, I was in, you know, some some kind of like like weird folk bands. You know, I wouldn't call I wouldn't call Butterflies of Death folk punk. Like some people might do that. We play a lot of shows with folk punk bands, but Mm-hmm. I don't even know what we are. We're like like neo Americana stuff. Like Graham, Graham's kind of like the mastermind behind a lot of that stuff. He, you know, has written all the songs, and uh, I started that playing in that band uh, because they um, they split ways with their old accordion player, mm-hmm. and uh, I had bought one from a thrift store up here <laughs> and uh and it was one that was like working pretty good and i had been you know i had been fucking around with it but i didn't take it seriously and everything and then another friend of mine said hey this band butterflies of death is looking for you know an accordion player and i was like i remember that band back when i was traveling and everything when i came through seattle i uh, like i i just so happened to be in town for folk life i didn't even know about folk life which is like, it's like a folk music festival that is held like by the Space Needle and everything. Mm-hmm. So I went down there and I was hanging out and I walked by their spot where they were set up. I was like, this band's pretty cool and left. And then I left and kept traveling, went to New York, went back to Riverside, you know, did all that stuff, came all the way back here to, you know, to Seattle, lived here for a couple of years, went to South America, <laughs> you know, came back to Florida, came back to California, went all the way, came my ass all the way back to Seattle. And then later on, I get a chance to be in that band. It's just weird, you know, like that there's foreshadowing in your life that you don't know about. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. (laughs) Life fucking comes full circle sometimes. Yeah. But then I wound up, uh, but, but they wanted somebody to fill in for two shows because they already had two shows booked. So they wanted somebody to fill in real quick. Um, for two shows so so that they could find somebody permanent so i was like i could do that i could at least do something so i went to a couple practices we hit it off real well um like the the percussionist kurt he's from he's actually from um uh merino valley <laughs> no shit yeah and and he was part Not of the world yeah, and he was part of the Riverside Drunk Punks, but like that was before our times. He's, you know, he's a little bit older than us. Okay. But, um, but it, but it was cool because like me and him hit it off right off the bat because we're both from, so you know, we're both from the same area. So right from the I. Dude, we see eye to eye. Um, but yeah, so after playing the two shows and everything, like I guess I did good enough that they, you know, they went aside and talked about it. And then they came to me and said, hey, do, you, do you just want to be in the band? I was like, sure. You know, I suck and don't play this thing. Right. And they're like, yeah, dude, we just like you. So I was like, all right, cool. You know, yeah. it'd be like that sometimes though. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. you just vibe really fucking well. You know what I mean? No, I'm a string player, right? Like I don't <laughs> play, I'm not an accordion player. 
Yeah, I, let's talk about that. Okay, so I was saying earlier that you used to be like a big time metalhead. Do you want to talk about your doom metal band that you were in and how like you got started playing guitar and all that? Yeah, so, well, I start, got started playing guitar when I was like 16, but I refused to do things the way that like you're supposed to do them because and I like I refused to like learn other people's songs and everything because I wanted to be completely original <laughs> which <laughs> isn't a thing everything's derivative dude you know but uh so I was terrible you know <laughs> because of that and uh then I met Jeff in in high school and uh he ended up inviting me into the band after like we had played together because like me and him hit it off really well too and uh we became real good friends and uh you know i, I was into i guess enough stuff to be fucking cool enough for all those guys right <laughs> uh you know enough like enough metal to to be cool and you know they showed me all kinds of stuff with uh you know black metal and doom metal and i fucking got into it um but I've always been a little bit, I, I just, I didn't really fucking belong in that, in that scene. Like I, I, I was there, I played, I played music. I, I, you know, I think I, I think I played Doom pretty well. I felt it, you know what I mean? I played from the heart. I wasn't a great guitarist or anything, but I played from the heart, which I think is the most important part of it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, but I've always, you know, liked things to be played a little faster, a little bit more chaotic, you know, so, so as far as, what's sorry, that? You go ahead. I don't know where I was going. Oh, well, I was going to say, so <laughs> one one would think that you, if you like shit that's like faster and heavier, you'd get into like death metal or something like that. But instead you kind of like went the opposite and you got into like, punk rock and like crust punk and like all this folk stuff right and that's like where you where you found your home okay i don't know who your shirt is you got to tell me who it is <laughs> yeah it's uh it's this band called nux vomica nux vomica nux vomica and what yeah. kind of band are they they're like a a, a kind of like a crust punk kind of okay. band like they're one of those bands that I don't really think that genres really fits that well. Right. You know, but yeah, they're fucking dope. You should check them out. It's, uh, they, they hung up, they hung it up like, a, like probably about four years ago or something like that. I can't remember how long ago, but it was some time ago. They're, they're kind of like, they're crust. And then they, they have like a lot of like metal, influence which is like which is like with like with like crusty punk stuff like that's always my favorite shit is the stuff that has like metal influence like heavy like metal influence and like uh so that's always been my relationship with black metal in, in particular yeah i'm not a fucking purist with that shit i like stuff that's like blackened you know yeah. like, uh, like black metal pure black metal is not really my thing so much right but stuff that's blackened you know like stuff where there's blast beats sometimes I'm about that like the you know because like the dynamics of it like for me like musically like the dynamics of blast beats is just so fucking high all you can do is go is come back down 
right and then rise back up but there's no going up above that so if you start off the song fucking just blasting there's nowhere to there's nowhere to go up right barely a guitar solo can kind of twist you up a little bit but like there's not a whole lot of of rise that you can that you can get through that do you do you get what i'm saying yeah yeah i totally get what you're saying like the progression of intensity can only be so much before it it already just it came out of the gates right you know like so you like music that kind of has like a like a an ebb and flow of different yeah. dynamics. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, are you like a, a big but dark? Stuff. Sorry, what? Oh, I was going to ask. Go ahead. Say the groovy thing. Oh, but I was going to say like, but more, more groovy stuff. And like, I like stuff with a lot of groove. I like stuff that's like a little bit more thrashy most of the time, you know, which is weird because like a lot of thrash metal is fucking corny, but I, I can't get over it. I like it anyway, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it does. It does. Music doesn't always have to be serious. You know what I mean? Even yeah. though my people usually are. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna ask you if you're like a big Dark Throne fan because Dark Throne oh, yeah. takes heavily from like crust punk influences, and they used to be super crusty. Yeah, I mean, they started yeah, actually, out death metal, but but yeah, yeah they was, they definitely got crusty. No, it was really funny because like uh, I've actually like shown people like there's this one song that they did called fuck off and die that I just yes wrote. come on that's a classic <laughs> just fuck off like, and, die. and it's really just like it's really basic there's something about like the caveman riff like that just like the the caveman mentality of, of yeah of that shit that's just like just ignorant and angry that i just i'm like oh man i feel it you know, they, they are I super cavemen i mean well they wouldn't call it cavemen fenris gilvi would call it primitive we're very into primitive roots yeah, yeah but that's that's exactly what it is but i love that they just kind of like don't give a fuck about this whole purist mentality or being true cult or whatever yeah. like they absolutely <laughs> fucking hate that term especially fenris um and they just kind of like do their own thing you know what i mean yeah. and like even though I it's kind of dad rocky it still is fucking badass because it's dark room like uh, I, I honestly i think my favorite thing with any band or, or musician or composer or whatever is when they have like range. it's like when when an actor has range and they're not just typecast mm, yep you know with like a band to be able to to play songs in different styles rather than just being stuck in one genre or one vein. Cause like, you know, like I said, you know, like you said, it's like, I used to just be like complete fucking metalhead. And, 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 you know, I grew up, I grew up hearing a lot of punk too. Cause like, like my dad was into that stuff, but I went with metal cause I was going to be different, you know? Right. Um, but that's part of my roots. That's why fucking punk rock has always been there. You know, like I grew up listening to, fucking the subhumans and uh and voodoo glow skulls you know they're from riverside and like uh and like the yeah and the exploited and like a bunch of stuff that my dad was into um i didn't know your dad listened to punk oh yeah and like suicidal tendencies which is like crossover yeah oh fuck i love suicidal yeah and then like and my dad was like when i was a kid he was like into pantera and stuff too so I remember Pantera. I have this weird yeah I have this weird vague mem- memory of uh getting my hair cut and uh somebody somebody asked me if I knew the words to to 
like one of the Pantera songs. And I knew all the words to walk when I was like <laughs> tiny, you know, <laughs> which is like, <laughs> Aww. which is hilarious, you know, but cute. baby Corey, I, I guess I'm not the thing is, <laughs> like there's, there's a nostalgia factor there, but I'm just like, I'm not really about Phil and Selma. Yeah, I mean, he's a really, really complicated and uh, controversial person. I mean, there have definitely been times. There's a lot of fucking cringy shit about that guy. Yeah, yeah, there is. The the thing that I, um, I mean, he'll kind of like be, he'll admit it though. You know, he kind of like wears his heart on his sleeve and he's upfront about like, yeah, I was a fuck up and I was a piece of shit and I was a heroin addict and like he yeah. kind of like owns up to a lot of that stuff which i to me is kind of like the redeeming factor but it can only be to a certain extent because like if i found out he was a rapist or something then i probably wouldn't be a huge fan you know what i mean speaking of what if you found out he was a racist because like, he was uh, sitting here fucking yeah that's also <laughs> real fuck it's just it's so so hard when you grow up listening to somebody's music and it just it you find a home in it you know what i mean and it's well it's just, because those songs that's not what those songs mean to you so right yeah it's not what those songs mean to you and a lot of the times it's like the songs aren't even uh conjoined with the artist if that makes sense it's like i think it's absolutely possible to separate the artist from the art which is really hard to say sometimes because like you know, uh, real quickly, the whole Marilyn Manson thing that just blew up where he was, you know, accused of being a rapist and all this and an abuser. And it's like, that's something that was really close to my heart growing up. Like, that's not going to take away those experiences and how much that influenced me growing up as a kid and how much it meant to me. You know what I mean? But also, like, in the future, I'm not going to be inclined to support his his art or whatever. I don't know. It's just, it's really complicated. Why do the people that I admire the most have to be pieces of shit sometimes? Like, it's not fair. Yeah. Are there a (laughs) bunch of, like, cringy people? I feel like it's just, it's mostly a black metal thing. I hate to say it. Like, there's a lot of cringy people in black metal. But, I don't know, is the crust That's why I don't really understand, like, like, some of these scenes. It's like, there's, like, a bunch of, like, you know, you go through there, and like i don't really it it's not a judgment it's a i don't understand it like how it can can be a judgment no 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 no, no. i'm saying like for me yeah this isn't a judgment this is me not understanding something like how there can be a whole bunch of like the crowd in like in la yeah mostly brown people racist music Well, not all of it is racist. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm. Just, well, but they're all fans of Burzum. Yeah, I get it. I get yeah, it. Yeah. It, it goes back to the separating the artist from the art thing. You know what yeah, I mean? It's like the, the music is really fucking good. The art is really good. The I mean, for music, it's sonic art. Think of it as looking at a painting. You know, this is a beautiful yeah. painting. I can admire this painting. This painting has meaning to me personally. But the guy who made it is a fucking piece of shit. So, but I can still enjoy the painting. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. That's just kind of the way that I look at it. There's a lot. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of things that play into that. Yeah, it's complicated. 
and unfortunately unfortunate a lot of the time i was going to ask you you had mentioned earlier how you like were traveling uh would you want to talk yeah i just i just want to say real quick it's yes. like yes 100 percent, not all black metal is racist it's but what I, when i said that about like the crowd and then i was there's like a vision that i could see at the black castle of like nocturne up there and like shit that i've heard that dude say you know <laughs> where i'm just like dude you're all just headbanging to this dude who doesn't like you you know what i mean but why is that guy playing to people that don't that he doesn't like who knows why is he cutting himself on stage you know because because <laughs> it's black metal dude the fucking black castle let's unpack that gem for a minute god that that place was an absolute toilet shithole but it's like renowned <laughs> but it is like renowned in that the place fucking... was punk as fuck too like just just because of what it was because it was a diy space yep. where they didn't renovate shit nope. they didn't clear the cobwebs before putting on shows they were like nope. not cool that way <laughs> like they didn't they didn't uh unclog the toilets yep it i mean it literally smelled like a toilet and sweat yeah. and just all sorts of body odor people were like fucking in the back i was really upset yeah. they didn't accept credit cards because i couldn't buy beer one night and <laughs> But it's like it's renowned as this iconic, legendary spot in LA. You know what I mean? So I, I don't know. I just think it's because a lot of people had a lot of fucked up, crazy fucking stories to tell from there. You know? Yeah, it was kind of like the showcase. Oh, dude, you guys, you that's where I saw you play with your with Jonas yeah, Requiem. Yeah, we played at the showcase and at the Black Castle. Yeah, and the fucking the showcase is. I think they fucking had a mortal play there that was located in Corona, California. For those of you that don't know, it was um, it was like this. <laughs> tiny two-story building that was located next to the 99 cent only store and um and so they fucking had immortal they had dissection play there they had fucking death play there i think cannibal corpse went through there like it was actually a hot spot so it sucks that they got yeah. shut down for whatever reason i saw vader there vader yeah vader was it, there vader. too and uh you know, but, thirteen, and we we played our first show with thirteen forty nine. That shit was fucking cool. At the showcase, <laughs> yeah, dude, I didn't even. Know that was that. our first show. Our first uh, show. We thirteen forty nine. That shit was crazy. That's fucking badass. Yeah. Was People was hated us. Was Frost <laughs> hated us so bad? Was Frost uh, allowed to play over here at no. that time? No, no, okay. he was banned from the United States. Okay, still. yeah, he's been banned for a while. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know the timeline and all these things. I don't even know uh, why. I just heard he was banned. I was like, what the fuck? Oh, terrorist something or other i'm sure I, I don't know i forget i'm not i'm not cult enough to know all the it's details probably, about everything it's probably um something to do with his criminal record in other com uh, countries and that shit coming up and they're going we're gonna let him over here no dude <laughs> why, why don't i know this i should totally know this like i feel like hmm. my my black metal credentials are on the line here. Why was now you got other stuff to do with your life? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, anyway, you got uh, a podcast to run. You can't just be Wikipedia and I know. Yourself. I just feel like I just want to know everything about everything, and I'm so disappointed in myself when I don't. Like, yeah. I, like I call myself a you know a black metal fan. I should know most of the things at least. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What was I gonna say though? Uh, oh yeah, I was gonna ask you if you want to talk about when you were like train hopping and shit, because I thought uh, it was a fucking wild ass time in your life, and you like, you went through was, a lot. Yeah, it was a lot, you know. It 
when you're out there doing that, um, the concept of time completely goes away. You know, uh, it's just it, it, like everything is kind of like destination goal oriented. Everything's about where am I going to get my food? What am I going to fucking do? Where the fuck am I going to sleep? You know, um, yeah, I did that for a couple of years. I forget about that. You forget about that? Yeah, because my life's so different now. You know, that was like seven years almost seven years ago at this point yeah it's, it's so like sometimes like whenever i remember that i'm like oh yeah like fuck man, i was like a sneaky dude like, but dude <laughs> you like you literally traveled across across the country like fucking hopping trains like what made you want to do that uh wanting to get the fuck out of where i was you know in riverside I was, yeah i was really stuck like so in 2011 uh, in the same month, I lost, what was it? I lost my, uh, my job, my house, like my family was fucking scattered because of that. Um, a lot of my friends, cause I had to, I had to move in with my grandma. Um, cause you know, I didn't have a fucking job. So it's like, it's not like I could just go get a place right um that whole time i was paying rent and it wasn't going towards rent apparently i was funding some other shenanigans i didn't know about oh that fucking sucks um what else did i lose i ended up losing my car and just like it was just it sucked you know that that year was terrible and then the following year you know uh after i got you know, involved with like, you know, helping, helping out with like the blood orange and all that stuff. Like, and I was, uh, you know, still doing, I was still doing the kids classes and I was still, uh, you know, training. And, and, uh, I also joined a fucking bike, a bike riding club, you know, like bicycles and everything. We did yeah. century rides. So I was doing all sorts of stuff. I was just broke as a joke. Yeah. And, you know, I, I applied to, I don't even know how many applications I put in. I have no idea, like a lot, a lot. And then, you know, after so many weeks and so many times of being, of having things like that not work out, uh, you give up after a little bit. And so I decided, I was like, well, fuck it, I'll go to school. So then I tried going to school. And then after that happened, uh, I was losing my mind really bad you know and i went to brian and i was like dude like i don't know if i'm gonna make it you know this is like it was like to the point where like i couldn't talk to him you know i was like trying to tell him what was going on and we were in the car i remember we were like waiting in the drive-thru somewhere i think he was like going through the drive-thru at a starbucks for like an iced coffee or something do you want anything i'm like no i'm good and I remember I was just like posted up on the on the window and I'm sitting here trying to tell him these things. And he's asking me, uh, he goes, so are you thinking about taking your life? I'm like, yeah, dude, all the time, every day when I like I wake up, that's like one of the first things in my head and I can't sleep because it's all I want to do. You know, it's like, what the fuck am I supposed to do at this point? I can barely function, which is weird saying that because like looking back, it's like you were doing 
you're doing century rides, you're running classes, you're fucking going to that, all without a fucking job. Like I would get up and I would get on my bike and I would ride 14 miles out to the place. And then I would teach the kids classes. And then I would train my ass off for like four hours and then get back on that bike. And I would ride another 14 miles back to the, you know, back to like downtown Riverside. And then I would get fucked up and party. And then I would get up and do it again. And That's again, it's all the time, you know, was, and I was like in my head about like, I can't function. I can't even fucking be a real person. You know, I like, I can't get a job. I can't fucking do this. Like I'm a fucking burden on my grandma, you know, meanwhile, like I'm helping her out with all sorts of stuff too. And, you know, she don't mind, but I just felt like a piece of shit anyway. You know, also, I was also during that time I was involved with the fucking blood orange info shop, like, you know, helping doing like community organizing stuff, opening that place, socializing there, putting, throwing shows and doing stuff. But like, I just like, I couldn't handle being in Riverside anymore. And I didn't think that I was ever like, I, I felt like the lifestyle that I was living while it was like, it was cool and fun and fucking dangerous and, and weird and exciting that there was like that there's a dead end coming you know like there's going to be a, a huge drop off and i'm not going to be able to do this forever if i don't have some kind of stability so i said you know what fuck stability and i just like pulled the rug out rolled it up rolled all my stuff in it and fucking threw it over my shoulder and left you know that's why i traveled you know and i was like i gotta fucking i gotta figure myself out you know i gotta like figure out what i'm gonna do so um i was like i heard that people were still hopping trains and stuff i was like people are still doing that I'm like yeah i was like how the hell do you do that you know so i was talking to somebody about it and i was like all right i'm gonna go do it i don't know how to do it i don't know what i'm doing i don't know anything about it you know and i lucked out because i went over to to colton and to hop out from there with one of my friends who decided that they were going to go with me and we met up with somebody who was also, you know, who was also a traveler. He could tell by, uh, you know, who we were. And he was like, yeah, dude, I wasn't going to travel with you guys. But then when you admitted completely that you were green and that you like weren't going to do it, he's like, because there's so many people who try to pretend like they're the shit, that they're out here just doing it. He's like, when you said like, nope, never been on one before. I just came here to do it. And he's like, that and my dog liked you. And she's a good judge character so fucking like we're doing this we're gonna travel so then i traveled with mikey for like a long time and uh and then at a certain point we ended up splitting ways in portland because he hates portland and it was my first time that i'd ever been there and you know when you're traveling with people you're you spend 24 hours a fucking day with them so like little tendencies that they can have can eventually get on your nerves and so I was in Portland for the first time. It was kind of sprinkling, raining, and he and I was just like looking around, you know, just like absorbing it. It was my first time in a place, and he's just bitching about the city. He's like, I hate this fucking place. Like, oh yeah, it's he's like figures it's fucking raining and all this stuff. And I'm like, dude, can you stop fucking complaining for a second? This is my first time here. I'm trying to enjoy this fucking trip. Like, you know, this is my first time I ever fucking been here. So can you just like shut the fuck up? you know and then it was just weird <laughs> you know like for like it was weird all day and then 
you know, things were cool, but you know, we, it, by that point we were already starting to kind of grade on each other. So then, like we split ways and we're cool, you know, like it wasn't like a split of friendship, but it was like, it was like, uh, it's about time for us to like not be spending 24 hours a day together. Right. Right. You know, um, cause he kind of had a, like, I got to show you the ropes, show you how to fucking live out here type of mentality, you know? Yeah. Like, like he almost like kind of like took me in almost, you know, it's like, here, let me show you how to do this. Um, but after, you know, after that, then I was on my own for a long time and traveling alone is hard. Is that scary? Kind of. I would be fucking scared, but I mean, I know, I know I'm a girl and everything, but still being alone out in the wilderness, so to speak, like you don't know where you're going to eat next. You don't know where you're going to lay your head next. You, I'm sure you had to be careful about first of all, getting caught. And then second of all, um, like violence from random people because you're, you're in their turf or anything. Um, did you ever Mm -hmm. experience anything like that? I got in a fight once, but well, that's not so bad. Well, I mean, with my background, it wasn't much of one, you know, I didn't even have to hurt him. I just threw him around and fucking held him down and was like, are you done, dude? Because this ain't going your way. You know, and he said, fuck you. So I need him in the head. I said, how about now? And then he then he calmed down. Okay. That's what's up. That's fucking crazy, dude. I know. I know. He didn't even even understand that, like, because we're under a bridge. Yeah. He didn't understand, like, that's the thing is, like, it's crazy, like, training does so much for you like people don't understand how fucking helpless they can be in a situation like if somebody knows how to fucking throw you like i could have thrown him onto a rock you know i could have like smashed him into the fucking ground or but i like i clinched him and he was trying to hit me but i kept my head close to him and you know he knocked my hat off he doesn't even know that i did this but i was like i'm gonna take him i'm gonna take him down um I, and I had a, like a fixed blade knife on my side. Yeah. I, so I fucking, while we were tangled up, I took it out and dropped it. And wow. then I walked him, and then I walked him away from it. And then I picked a good spot where he wasn't going to get injured. And I fucking, I like did a big fucking, uh, like a hip toss on him, kind of like a hip toss or like a, like a shoulder throw type of thing on him. And then, uh, and I didn't even, I slammed, I slammed him on his hips instead of his head, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then he turned over. And then when he did that, I just grabbed his pants and pulled him underneath him. And then I basically like pushed his fucking nose towards his crotch and then just kind of held him there and then got, you know, got some better grips and then just held on to him and just put my whole weight on his back. And I said, that's when I asked him if he was done. And he said, fuck you. So I need him in the head. And I said, how about now? And then I just let, and then like, that was the end of it. You know, I didn't even have to hurt him, you know, which is like lucky that that dude didn't know, didn't know shit, you know? And he like, and to be fair, he was, he was a bit smaller than me, but he just was a problem the whole fucking day. And uh, I mean, he's, he's lucky I didn't do worse than that because he tried to, the, the way that the fight started was he tried to kick me in my face while I was sitting down wow i was like sitting down and he like charged at me and tried to fucking put his boot in my mouth what a fucking dick why did he do that because you were in his spot because no because 
um, because he didn't, first of all, he didn't like me and my people that I was with. Right. Um, and then he was, he was like talking shit all day and I'm a smart ass too, but I was like trying to just, I was trying to just make it cool with everybody. And it's like pretty clear. He's like the scrapper of the group and he just like wants to feel bad. And he just like wants people to be afraid of him or, or something. And at one point he loses his, like, he, he lost his, like, his money and his EBD card, but he had taken off his, like, his bibs, you know, like his overalls. Yeah. And he flung, he flung them off himself. And he was just, because we were all drinking and stuff. And he fucking tackled one of his friends and they were just having fun. But then when he couldn't find his shit, he thought one of us got into it after he took his bibs off. Um he thought one of us got into it and took his stuff and I said we didn't take your shit dude I don't know what the fuck you're talking about you know I was like maybe because when you flung flung him out like that maybe it came out somewhere and then people were like trying to calm it all down and I was just sitting down and uh and then somebody got their headlamp out and was looking around and found it and I said oh that's interesting weird that it's there right where I fucking said that it might have been huh like maybe <laughs> next time you I was like maybe next time you won't go accusing people of shit you know and he goes fuck you man you fucking like I don't remember what he was saying but he was just yelling at me I said man quit being a bitch just sit down and he goes don't call me a bitch I said well quit being one and then he tried to put his boot in my mouth fuck that guy you yeah. showed him well I mean sort of you did though you fucking checked them and put them in his place so you did all of that with like jujitsu right pretty much judo. with judo what is the difference between judo and jujitsu uh well historically nothing but like judo so jujitsu originated in japan and originally it was like it was a whole, it was the whole thing with all of the grappling, like all of the grappling from standing all the way to the ground. But then um, one of those guys went over and, you know, hooked up with like the fucking Gracies down in Brazil and, and brought jujitsu there. And they uh, mastered the ground game of it, which right. is only half of what jujitsu is. Jujitsu is both the standing grappling and uh and the ground game submissions and everything but but the brazilians went super hard with the the ground game aspect of it which is why brazilian jiu-jitsu is so popular and, and so prevalent and effective but uh judo became like kind of a, it, it like ended up becoming an olympic sport right. and it was all of like the standing the standing grips and uh takedowns and throws and like all that type of stuff you know oh okay uh, and you know originally judo had like double legs and and single leg takedowns like how like like how wrestling does like how olympic wrestling does yeah but in order to make it look different enough as an olympic event they took the leg attacks out of judo so judo is mostly upper body grappling and throws now whereas like because judo was originally an aspect of jujitsu so jujitsu got watered down several times like it became just the standing game and then they got the leg attacks taken out. So it's like, it's like a, a limited skill set of things. Like that being said, you know, it's fucking awesome. But like, it's, it's weird how like the things change over history, you know? 
there's yeah. like a whole there's like a whole story to all of that stuff that other people can tell better than me yeah no that's cool though because I've always wanted to learn something like that and I, I'm actually yeah. thinking about taking some classes because I want to be able to defend myself particularly against men like when shows open back up and stuff I'm like a single chick and sometimes there's like creepy dudes that try to touch you and stuff and I want to be able to like arm bar a motherfucker and choke hold him or whatever you know <laughs> huh? I think that you'll get the most out of jujitsu and boxing jujitsu and boxing yeah i think that if you're not going to be a lifetimer you know that like as far as like striking goes like you'll get more you'll get more out of six months of boxing than you will six months of anything else okay Um, and then you'll get more out of uh, i mean then then like jujitsu is super accessible and like the hot ticket right now right and like it's the hot ticket like not in the way that like taekwondo or karate or like things became the hot ticket where it's like where they're like bullshit belt factories like right it's harder to get like that's the one thing that's cool about grappling is like it's harder to get hurt right you know like and and it's harder to get hurt with like a hundred percent resistance you know like you can't just be fucking smashing each other a hundred percent like when you're striking each other all the time but you can grapple at 100% all the time and that's what and so you can get super good but you know and then people who don't know grappling just like it that you can just control them you know right yeah um well so a big part of the show you know is talking about mental health and stuff and I know we touched on it a little bit but would you feel comfortable um talking a little bit more about your relationship with depression and how it affects your life yeah um well i'm not really it's weird so i'm not really sure that i think this is kind of like more of a recent discovery for me i'm not really sure that like my depression is caused by some kind of like chemical imbalance i think it's caused by a lot of other stuff like i think it's a little bit you know probably a little bit to do with trauma and then also a little bit with uh it's caused by like being burnt out and like frustration that has to do with my inability to focus and and fucking engage with stuff like it's always been an issue like i said earlier with the whole uh me not doing good in school thing yeah uh a lot of that wasn't like because I was stupid and couldn't do the work is that I didn't do homework because I couldn't do homework. My home life was shitty for one. And then plus like, I just, it takes everything for me to engage in something like I, I, I can't stay. I'm so fucking scatterbrained. It's crazy. Like this, like editing this shit is going to be nuts because like I'm we're all over the place and then there's going to be a bunch of times you'll notice like I was thinking about it a second ago like that like I'll get into something and then go somewhere else with it like so like no that's fine it doesn't have to be linear I mean we can just keep you know time isn't linear really if we think about it in like a grander scheme of things so you don't even be self-conscious about that but there's like a lot of stuff you know that goes into that like um so like one of the things that i was going to get into a minute ago was um 
was with that whole conversation with Brian in the car. Yeah. Well, for real quick, for those of those, for those of the people that don't know who Brian is, do you want to just say who he is real quick? Yeah, he was the uh, founder, headmaster of my of like the um, of like the martial arts school that I went to, and also he was just like a really good friend and men- and kind of like a mentor to me for a while. And so like you know we got pretty pretty close there. Uh, but that's one of the things that I was going to say was like uh, something that was one of the contributing factors to me leaving was that the school got taken from me because like I wanted to keep teaching you know and eventually maybe I could fucking do it not as just an apprentice you know what I mean like that was kind of my apprenticeship and running that fucking school right um and so yeah but well you know what happened like do you, want, do you want well, to yeah, talk about yeah. it? So, so in 2012, like right before I ended up deciding, you know what, screw this, I'm leaving because there ain't nothing here for me anymore, was yeah. like, um, you know, I got into a nasty car wreck uh, where, oh. yeah, yeah, that, so. I remember yeah. that. So that's where, that's where I was going with that conversation. Damn it. Okay. So in that conversation, uh, he suggested like maybe dude, maybe you need to go get some help you know yeah maybe you need to, so I went down to the you know to like the mental health zoo and, and uh you know got got me some pills you know after talking to like a you know talking to a few people talking to the the lead psychiatrist guy there for a little bit uh he wanted to try me out on lithium I said how about we try something softer first you yeah know? I said I don't know it's like there's a lot of stuff that I hear about the track record of that. Like I'm, like how about we try something a little like a little easier first, <laughs> you know? So we were trying something different, and uh, so he gave me a couple of things. I don't think this dude knew what he was doing, but he gave me uh, trazodone and uh, hydroxyzine, both of which wasn't were not what I was looking for, you know. Yeah. Like it gave me what I was calling a, a white noise mind, you know, where it was just like, look, dude, I wanted to feel better, not shut the fuck up. Right. <laughs> but it was mostly like, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, so I went and, and did that. And then, um, you know, I was, I, I was at that time, I was hanging out with, uh, with Zach a lot. And then, oh shit that's right yeah yep and then brian ended up killing himself and then that's one of the things that kind of sent me over the edge and i just said you know what i'm out and i left that's why i went traveling but then i ended up settling down in seattle and then uh, after about a year of being there uh, my best friend at that same time when you know when brian killed himself my best friend at the time Zach hung himself so you know so you so so there's a lot there's a lot of trauma with that shit too and I just like that's one of the things that like I try not to to go this way but like sometimes I'm like dude why the fuck was it you guys (laughs) you know why was it you two and I'm still here 
Oh, that's fucking hard, man. I remember. You know, especially since I looked up to both of them so much. I loved both of them yeah. so much. They were fucking awesome. I know. You know? So, like, I imagine that there's, like, a little bit of that going into the whole trauma section. You know, yeah. Stacked on top of everything else that was already there. Right. You know? So, you, fuck, man. You experienced a total disintegration of, like, your entire fucking life, basically. Yep. Like, oh, which is hard. why I left, and then I decided yeah, to start yeah. start over up here, and then I was like really alone for like a long time. You know, like yeah. Truly, I was like truly fucking alone here for like a long time. You know. Yeah, that's. I mean, I remember you going through that, and you know, I uh, your friend Zach that you were that you were best friends with. Um, he was also a musician, and he was also a tattoo artist and uh that's, yeah that's probably a little bit of an exaggeration i don't think we were best friends but he was like my really favorite good. he was my favorite person that i was hanging out with at the time. well he was a he was a good friend and yeah. it's it's funny because we were in art class together and i remember him being like this tiny little pipsqueak and he was like this loud mouth boisterous pain in the ass totally up your alley but but me, I just, you know, I was like, man, this kid's annoying. And then he ended up no, he was bringing up like fucking him. being six foot tall and and uh, and ended up being like a tattooer and stuff, which is what I've always wanted to do. So I, I low key like, you know, was not jealous, but I don't know. Maybe I was a little bit jealous of him because he was able to I do was jealous. I'll give him what, that. Yeah, he was really talented. What I'm getting at is that he was really he was a talented artist um he had tattooed you mentioned you had the car wreck he tattooed your your car wreck on your bicep because you <laughs> yeah, thought yeah. you thought that was hilarious and i remember oh god i remember you showed me a picture of that and i cried because i was like bitch there you go there you go and it says good times it says yep. good times over the top of it yep. what? yeah this what? camera's kind of grainy so you probably couldn't see that very good and also i didn't stop so oh it's all good um why do you think that i feel like usually it's people that are really awesome <laughs> awesome yeah that are really creative and talented like why do we struggle so much with with our mental health like do you think the artist is more susceptible to having mental health issues or that an artist becomes an artist because they have mental health issues uh, that's a good question. You know, that's kind of, uh, I, I think that is a chicken or the egg kind of question. Yeah. Um, but, you know, yeah, really though, because I think it, I think it's both, you know, um, for some people it's, it, it's that they have mental health issues and they don't have another way to express it, that it goes that way. And then, you know, for others, they just like the, the artist has a weird place in society too like what is the purpose of that you know like it's weird it's just it's like pure expression and so like why would somebody dedicate their life towards that you know and it's weird because like you kind of get self-involved with that and you put the value of yourself on like the success of your expression, but like most artists don't even get appreciated until 
until they're dead way the fuck later you know (laughs) you know it's just just interesting you know so i don't know i don't know the answer to that question i have no idea i mean i don't know either that's that's why i'm asking you because i and i know i'm not the only one to ask that question or think that thought like it's been something that's kind of been thrown around for a while and i've kind of wondered that for myself too you know because i'm i'm an artist and it's like sometimes i feel like i wouldn't have been I don't know, uh, what's the word, inspired, I guess. I wouldn't have been inspired to um, draw or paint or do any of the things that I did or to want to sing if it wasn't for like all the the shit that I've been through. Like all the, the sorrow that I have felt throughout my life has often been like a catalyst, you know what I mean? And I know a lot mm-hmm. of people like have used it for that purpose as well. Like it's a good form of catharsis I would say yeah and it's it's funny because throughout this whole pandemic situation I mean the things that were considered essential were like grocery stores and whatever and you know shows were completely canceled and well yeah you can't that would spread it right well I'm saying um but just anything not even just shows like uh going to to the hair salon going to to um to a tattoo shop um things like this that where the environment is more easily controlled was still considered non-essential but things that are artistic in my opinion are what make life tolerable and worth living you know what i mean (laughs) yeah yeah so ironically enough it's like these are the things that would have gotten us through a really difficult time like this and yet they're not considered essential it's just yeah it's it's crazy it's like, what do you mean non-essential what do you mean non-essential that, yeah that's why that's the best part of life like yes like you know? it it absolutely is essential in my opinion like yeah but not essential to to the government a, well i don't even know if i don't even think it's that i think it's that they're not essential to controlling the fucking outbreak you know right but i mean yeah I feel like, like I get, there's I get why I, I get why that there's not shows right now. Uh no, I, I can understand shows more because it is like a a big group of people coming together. But like tattoo shops, salons, barber shops, come on now. Like you that that environment is e- is more easily controlled and more easily sterilized than going to the grocery store where you're next to some jackass who doesn't give a shit about your six personal space you know what i mean and half the people aren't even wearing their masks properly or whatever um i don't know i just think it's a really complicated situation but some of that is bullshit like <laughs> those places should have been open too you know in my opinion but um another thing that i wanted to bring up earlier was um do you want to talk about like your experiences with psychedelics at all but yeah, so, yeah. I, I wanted to ask you i remember um you had talked about doing, I don't know if it was your first mushroom trip, but a mushroom trip where you had gone up to Mount Rubido and you oh, no, felt was... like, what's that? Sorry, what were you going to well, say? Well, you saw like patterns on the ground and stuff like that. And I, I kind of, I had like a similar experience. So I, I wanted to ask you if you wanted to share anything about that. I don't know which time I was talking about that time. <laughs> You know, I've, I've tripped on Rubido a bunch of times. Um, 
and that wasn't the first time. The first time was in Santa Cruz. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, I do remember one thing though from being on top of Mount Rubido. <laughs> like one thing that was really weird and what? Uh, something that didn't really change one way or another. You know, it it wasn't dependent on the trips, but it would come become intensified with the trips. Is like standing there up on top of the mountain every direction i look the fucking landscape is dotted with fucking million ass little lights you know little street lights cars going and maybe some you know for, for some of the stuff that's a little closer i could see in you know lit up windows and everything like that and i'm just like there's so many more people than these lights than I could see. It's crazy. Like if I was to make this into a ratio, it would just be fucking, you know, a thousand to one, you know, like just here, like not even in the world, but just here, you know? And it's weird. Cause like the sensation that I was getting wasn't like, I'm looking down on this city or I'm looking down on like this fucking like society or like, wow, look at all these wow, there's a lot of people. Like, I was seeing an infestation, <laughs> you know? Like, that's what I was seeing. And it was just like, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> You know? Like, I don't know how to, you know? And so, like, it's funny, because it was just, like, really intensified by being, by, by the trip and everything. I'm just like, fuck, there's so many of us. It's crazy. Like, if you weren't one of us, and you were seeing this, like, what is, what's going on in the mind of anything that's not a fucking human that sees things from this perspective, you know what I mean? Like, it was just, like, a weird, a weird thing, you know? Like, if this was, like, if this was all a rat's nest, you know, you'd be terrified of it. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just crazy, because, you know. So, it didn't make you feel more connected with anybody? <laughs> <laughs> it was the complete opposite <laughs> that time yeah that okay. time yeah. but you know a lot of the other times like um like psychedelic, i feel like psychedelics have played a pivotal role in like me getting my fucking head under control you know and being able to to kind of like feel better calm down and focus maybe be myself a little bit more and then like like relax like spiritually relax you know um because like just like how a lot of people hold tension in their body i feel like i've just like felt that i i've held massive tension in my in my brain you know yeah. i don't really know how to explain it in like my no that's a good way to explain it, it. it in just everything that's not my body you know yeah that's me like has been bound up like really right. bad and so like experimenting with mushrooms in particular you know like other psychedelics do other things but i feel like mushrooms are like the one that is that's the one that is also medicine yes. it's a part you can party with it but it's also medicine like yes. acid's not really medicine acid's just fun yeah <laughs> i haven't tried it but i'll take your word for it you know but yeah yeah i kind of feel like like mushrooms are, are more like a like i said like a, a medicine and um 
I feel like almost every time like the, there's like some kind of like thought or discovery or some kind of like profound thing that sticks out to me where I go, nah, I'm just tripping. Yeah. Nah, <laughs> like you're ignoring these revelations. <laughs> like this thing <laughs> coming up, I'm like, wow, this is fucking crazy, you know? And I'll just like be feeling it for like a long time, you know, I'll like spend several minutes just staring out and just feeling like, oh man, just like this overwhelming sense of awe. And then just like, like a needle on a balloon, you know, <laughs> just like snap out of it. I'm like, no, nah, I'm just on drugs, you know? <laughs> but the thing, you... is, the thing is like afterwards, you know, when I'm like sober days later, I'll be yeah. thinking about that same thing and go, no, nah, dude, that was right. You know? Do you feel like the mushrooms helped you rewire your brain to better cope with your experiences with depression? Cause there's, you know, there's been so many clinical studies that have said, oh yeah, this person did, you know, high dose, a high dose mushroom trip, like once or twice and their depression was completely healed. Like, do you think that's, any... that's sensational? Yeah. That is saying that is like sensational. I feel like that that's like saying like, I got one massage and I didn't have any back problems anymore. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. I feel the same like, way. No, that's not really what it is. And like the thing with, with Trip and I, like there's a couple different schools of thought on it. And I'm kind of in the vein of like, you shouldn't be doing that all the time. Right. Definitely not all the time, but um, you know, so it should be paced out. But like for me, like, like I've said it a bunch of times, like it's about time to do that again. Like I, f I feel like I need that you know that's I how like I feel I need to do that and then so I always you know end up doing that again one way or another and you know I'm maybe it's not the most fun way to do it but like I'm kind of particular about how what my surroundings are like I like to be outside being inside and then like or, or like looking at screens or anything like kind of irritates me it's kind of the same feeling of like the of looking at the infestation from the top of the mountain right <laughs> you know where it's like this is uh this is wrong for some reason um but i think it's because like i'm trying to go somewhere i'm trying to like do something you know like i'm doing some work right now and so like this is all like a distraction you know like being reminded of social media or something so like man i don't want to think about that shit right now like, i don't like that like i don't i don't like where people are at i don't like all the arguing like if i see an, i don't want to see an argument right now like i'm trying to do some work you know in my brain you yeah know, I'm, like and that makes it sound boring but i'm like laughing my ass off the whole time you know like yeah no mushrooms are fun feeling, actually... like the, feeling like the cheshire cat or something you know <laughs> super wide-eyed and just laughing my ass off and having a fucking great time so i just like don't want anything to take away from that i like being outside i like being in nature um you know i like i feel like i'm reconnecting with like a with like primitive man in that way yes and like or or something similar i don't know yeah you know, something that like something that we're robbed of in like our modern world that we live in yeah you know i feel like i'm reconnecting with something essential that has been taken away by like a disconnection with the outside you know because like because like just going outside like if you walk out of your door you're not outside 
you know, you're still in, you're just not inside a house. You're, you're still in the society. You're still in a city. You're still in all that. So it's like going out to the woods. It almost feels like you're in the real world. Yes. You know, that's what, that's why I want to move out, dude. My lifelong goal is just to be able to work from home or, you know, be self-employed so that I could live in a cabin in the woods to be consistently surrounded by an experience like that because I too feel immensely disconnected from like who I am meant to be from the true nature of our existence you know what I mean with this whole all this modern technology just just disconnects us from from ourselves and our connection to nature and it's like that primitive thing that you're talking about is one of those things that really makes you feel alive. And I feel like the only way you can tap into that is either through exercise, you know, some type of physical exertion that reminds you to, to be in your body and to feel your mind body connection um, or to go out in nature and feel, you know, walk through the ground fucking barefoot and ground yourself and, and feel connected to the planet that we fucking came from. And I know that sounds like some hippie woo woo shit, but like it's so healing dude it's so healing like I just I crave that so much I was just telling my mom like I really miss I don't miss California per se especially not LA but I miss the mountains the fucking mountains dude the mountain air it's just so clean and so crisp and it's just like an entire different fucking universe and like you're saying it feels like you're in the real world versus this place that we live in every day that is completely and utterly fake and manufactured and plastic and polluted and filled with egos and people who are disillusioned and not connected within within themselves you know what I mean (laughs) yeah um so one thing I was gonna say though with like with that whole thing um if I don't just lose my entire train of thought fuck you ADD (laughs) you're okay don't be (laughs) self-conscious I'm sorry I blabbed for so long I'm not yeah I'm not self-conscious about it this happens all the time yeah (laughs) it's like my whole day every day (laughs) like um shit well we were talking about mushrooms and you know how how it makes you feel connected to to nature when you go out you know and you experience this real connection between the earth when you go out to the woods or something like that yeah oh well Shit. totally lost my train of thought it's gone it, that shit wrecked <laughs> just derailed sorry i'm sorry oh, well. no, no no it's cool i got excited about something and i just no it's good it's good <laughs> but um oh well you've done dmt dude tell me about your dmt experience yeah i met a, i met something tell me what you met <laughs> um it's funny so with my friend uh we I smoked it out of a bong, which I didn't know. Like, I don't know how other people do it. That's how I did it. Cool. And I don't know so, you could do that. So it's like, he goes, yeah, I'll set it up for you. Hit the thing. Uh, we're going to hit the light. Just lay back. This is the best way I found to have it. He goes, just lay back on the, on the fucking bed and just let it do its thing. It's only going to be like five minutes. Don't worry about it. So I was like, sure. You know, because I kind of did it on a whim. It was with like, like a really good friend, but he was like, you want to? I was like, yeah, let's do it. So, you know, I hit hit the bong. I, I, I roll up out of my seat, set it down, hit the light, lay back, and I fucking, whew, you know, and then immediately, 
you know, like my whole face just like I got this like weird tingle, like uh, almost like I was uh, being laid into like warm water, you know? Yeah. So it was like comfortable, but like really weird. And then um, it's kind of like when you see a time lapse of a window freezing, when it's like, you know, all, all around the edge, the frost kind of creeps in and yeah. the whole thing just kind of gets covered. That's what it was like, but with like the fractal patterns. Well, you know, it all just creeped in and just was whoosh, just like full blast. I'm in the peak of the trip now. Like now. Yeah, just like right away. Which is cool. You know, I've only ever done it once. So, you know, but it was it was cool though. I was laying there and then it just got so intense and I felt like I was going somewhere, like lifted out of my out of my body and I was going somewhere else and I didn't know where it was. So I just said, uh, you know, like kind of in my head was just like, whoa, this is fucking crazy. But like in like a, like I was in awe, you know, I was like, damn, this is fucking cool. And I was just like, just go with it, you know, just lean into it, relax. So I did that. And then I was like, it was, I had this like sensation, like I was looking for something. <clears throat> and then uh, that's when I, like it was kind of then when I realized that I had like lost connection with all of my limbs, you know? Yeah. And, and like, and my body, I was like completely just, I wasn't here anymore. And so like, I had to like come back and like move my leg. So I knew that it was still there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was just like weird, it, you know? So this complete fucking just disconnection with everything. And then next thing I know, like, so, you know, those old, like, 80s things that those pictures where it's just like a mess until you stare at it long enough and then something pops off, fucking ju juxtaposed, it pops out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It was kind of like that, you know, or like, it was like an Alex Gray painting yeah. where every, where everything's colors and patterns, but then there's like a figure in it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, where it's like here's the whole background and then there's something that's just kind of like and it and you can't focus on it completely it feels like you're looking past it you know yeah um but it was like in my face and it was like another face and so I was like laying there and I like kind of cocked my head I was like what the hell is this and it cocked its head it in reaction in the other way <laughs> and so it was made out of it was made out of the fractals and made out of the patterns and colors and everything. So it was just, like I said, it was kind of like one of those eighties pattern pictures. Um, but it looked like a mantis with horns. Huh. With like, it looked like a mantis with ram horns. That sounds pretty fucking metal. It was fucking cool. <laughs> and did it say anything? No. What it, what do you think it was? Do you think, it kind of, I don't know what the hell that was. It was crazy though. And I ended up feeling really good for a long time after that. There was like, it's weird. It's almost like, you know, when they say that something like that speaks to you, you know, kind of like whenever anybody talks about like they spoke with God, right? Yeah. My whole thing was like, oh yeah what did he say and then he said this this and this it's like yeah god speaks english that's fucking convenient you know right it doesn't like 
the thing is like if i wasn't just on fucking super strong drugs and i was communicating with something which like maybe you know yeah um it didn't communicate in words it was just like overall like just like like a more pure understanding you know yeah almost like telepathic or just a sense of knowing yeah yeah that's what i would expect you can't put it in words like that's the thing that's that's the thing that's so frustrating about it is that it's like i can't just be like yeah and then it gave me this you know i had this like feeling of like comfort that you know was like it uh, if i was to put it in words it's like this almost feeling this comfort is like first of all it was like where the fuck do you think you're going you know (laughs) like i said i felt like i was going somewhere looking for something like it's almost like if you do pop into another dimension on that side it's like whoa whoa, whoa. you're not supposed to be here you know um but then there was also this sense of like no you're doing good you're doing you're doing you're fine there you are living your life like none of that shit fucking matters anyway like you know like no one like oh it's funny like Lindsay uh used to leave notes left a note that's still in my like rear view mirror but left it in like the wedge in my window of, of my car you know yeah. like by like where the little rubber shit is at the bottom yeah that said like knowing nothing matters makes it sweet to be alive you know <laughs> which is kind of the overall message that I got from that type of thing it's, it's kind of like you know, and that's kind of how I felt ever since whenever I've like done mushrooms or anything like that. It's like, here we are doing it. This is living. This is what we're supposed to be doing right here. There's not like goals. You're not like, there, there's none of that. Like you could die on your way to them. It doesn't matter. You do that shit to yourself. You put yourself in that fucking box. You know, you're already doing it. You're living life. Here it is. Just fucking be. You know, it's Just- almost kind of, Yeah just exist like that's the whole thing stop trying to fucking like twist some kind of extra meanings on top of this shit it's not that complicated just be alive you know all that shit about like goals and success and like all this other stuff is things that you do to yourself and other people are doing to you so if you can just like stop giving a shit about what everybody else is trying to put on you and then like the idea of like living up to other people's expectations, like that's their shit. Like that's their expectation. If they're disappointed by you, then they don't like you because you're you, you know? Yeah. You I know? think I think that's fucking beautiful. I think a lot of the time uh, we get so focused on achieving goals and trying to like be somebody. And I am extremely guilty of this. Um, that we just forget to stop and take a deep breath and just be present in the moment and appreciate being alive. And I think a lot of people that um, experience have psychedelic experiences or near-death experiences are are more likely to be able to appreciate uh, individual moments and really yeah. be present. You know what I mean? And really, it wears off though. What's that? It wears off though. Yeah. The, the, yeah. Like the that benevolent feeling, you know, from psychedelics or or that like appreciation of life and being able to 
see color. Oh wow, colors are more bright, vibrant, and like everything seems awesome. Like everything tastes fucking great. Everything's the shit. I love the whole world. Everything's amazing. After like a near death experience, you know, which I've had, um, that goes away. You know, it's not just like now everything's different and awesome. Like the highs of that stuff, like they wear off. You know, and so like you're always chasing it. You know, like so like that. You know, I'm sure you've heard it with like the idea of like Nirvana. You know. Yeah. Like you get a touch of it and then it's gone, you know, you go, oh, and then, and then it's back to normal. You're like, oh man. Well, that's probably why you feel like you're ready to do trim to trip again. Like <laughs> I'm ready to have that experience again. And to remember that there's more to this life than just going to work from nine to five or whatever schedule and, you know, yeah. paying my bills. Like life wasn't meant to just be working and paying bills until you die you know yeah and when people people judging other people's lives is just them justifying what they're doing or what they're not doing yeah yeah but like you know being like oh i worked my ass off went all through college i got a business degree i did this and that and i have a fortune 500 company and blah 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 blah. It sounds like you worked your fucking ass off and you didn't really enjoy it very much exactly yeah. and it's like you get to do all kinds of like really fucking cool shit that like i'm sure you enjoyed and you have your highs too but we all have highs and highs and lows they're just doing different stuff and yours sounds really expensive <laughs> yours sounds really expensive you know that's that's all i'm saying it's just like how are you gonna judge me because i'm poor like just because i don't have things or whatever you know like accomplishment and success and all that stuff that shit's all relative you know yeah and then like judging another person is just putting your expectations on them which is like a reflection of like your worldview and so like and we're all guilty of it all the time forever you can't get out of that like you're just you're stuck you're gonna keep judging people and everything like like i said like you can only touch these this feeling every now and then but do you think uh, and i think that the reason that you can't keep it is because the things that you're doing you have to be able to preserve them if you just like don't give a shit everything's cool man whatever just go with the flow like that's the i mean it's hard to keep shit in check if you act like that all the time 100 about everything yeah so like in order to maintain your lifestyle and and then also maintain the expectations of other people and you know keep everything going the way that it's supposed to go and maintain your lifestyle then you can't just like let it go you know which is why we can't stay in that benevolent state i think yeah that's an that's an interesting perspective what what about something like um like meditation or or even even when you're doing martial arts could be like a form of meditation right do you feel like that could could perpetuate that feeling like on a on a more consistent basis if you were to practice that regularly no, it, like that would be maintaining a lifestyle that makes getting those very rare moments still possible, you know? 
Because okay. like, if everything is a tragedy in your life, like everything's all fucked up all the time, like it's hard to touch those moments, you know? Like right. you can't get there and you're so far from it that like the anguish that you're feeling in the middle of a fucking mental health episode is so far away from those those moments of like that moment in nirvana you know yeah that it seems unattainable like completely fucking impossible to ever feel that way ever again and you know like all the bad things that you tell yourself you know yeah but you know like for I don't know what other people's relationship is with like martial arts or meditation and everything like that like you can I can really only go off of like what I've heard people say you know because I'm like I'm not a, a doctor in any of those things you know I'm not a, a an expert I guess um but like with meditation for me like that shit is so hard to do I, I find other ways to get that same thing. Like just sitting down quietly. Like, like I said, I have like the turbo brain. Yeah. It, it, uh, where I'm spinning my wheels all the time. Like, I, like my wheels are spinning. Like it's like, I'm, it's like I'm stuck in the mud and I can barely, I'm trucking along at like kind of a regular speed, but my wheels are just like no traction, just going. And that's how I get along, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I'm just like guiding it the whole way. Oh shit. <laughs> um, but see, here we go again. Well, what, what if like you, we were saying oh. martial arts? Yeah. So that, I mean, that helps keep me grounded in a lot of ways. It keeps a lot of shit in check, all the frustration in check, like all the, all the aggression and anger, it's all in check. Easy. Good. you know like have no problems with it after that um and shit like that but oh yeah that's what i was saying is like so i find other ways to get what people say that they get through meditation i find other ways to get that like so like so like people who do yoga also meditate but i kind of do yeah. yoga to meditate because it's like just enough of something to keep my brain occupied just enough so I can get to that nowhere. Yeah. You know, where I can space out. And it really fucking helps if I smoke a bunch of weed beforehand. Yeah. And then I can really get to that spot where I'm just like, this is awesome. But I fall off of my fucking, all of my practices all the time. And it's, it's constantly a fucking struggle to fucking keep everything going. Every, every aspect of everything that I do is just like, it's a it's a series of falling off and getting back on falling off and getting back on going down the road a little bit and falling back off again you know yeah and uh i feel like that's something that people don't talk about that is a real aspect of everybody who's successful successful is like yes. it's like they don't talk about the fact that they they fuck it up all the time you know everybody's fucking up constantly you know and failing all the time and so like the the best way to get to any kind of any form of success is to fucking just keep failing right, walk right through failure like yeah shit. like so try it again yeah. yeah exactly it's just the the persistence and 
and overcoming failure over and over and over again like yeah. that's that's the only way you can you can be successful like you don't just win like you have to fucking try you have to try and it's hard and it's it takes discipline and it takes dedication and consistency and a lot of people don't they think that it just comes easily like yeah i'll be a millionaire sure no like you have to put in you have to make a plan and put in the effort and put in the work and accept that you're going to fail a thousand times before you win that one time but that one time can be like a life-changing experience that can give you the life that you've always wanted you know yeah well, and setting realistic, small, tiny goals instead of like trying to shoot all the way down the road because those long, sh long shots are called long shots for a reason, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's not always our fault where we wind up. You play the fucking hand you're dealt. Word. You, know? you have the body that you have. You have the fucking childhood that you have. You have whatever kind of chemical imbalances or health problems you have. And then you have whatever kind of surroundings that you have. You have whatever kind of friends that you've had your entire life. A lot of those fuckers can be pretty harmful in a lot of ways that are unintentional and uh, and like invisible, you know, for a really long time. Um, and so like, you have to like tear the whole foundation up from the fucking bottom over and over. Or at least that's how I feel like I've had to live my life. Like that's probably not a good model for other people, you know. Yeah, but I mean, if that's, it's but, not like that's a wrong way to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's your way to do it. Because you're do because here I am. I'm doing it. This is life. I'm living it. Like you know, that's <laughs> like I was saying earlier. It's like this is it, dude. Like there's not there's nothing more. Like you know expectations are fucking painful like that's the whole thing about like buddhism and everything like all the pain is caused by want you know i just like yeah. want things to be different they're not though so eat what's on your plate eat what's on your bike you know I like that yeah it's just i don't know but at the same time like for me like there's still so much shit i fucking need to work through like Like, uh, the, it's just kind of interesting because, like, I still, you know, even though I'm just, like, saying all this shit, like, this is all stuff that I could say out loud. And I know, like, oh, yeah, this is the way. But I, like, don't live like that. <laughs> you know, it's like nobody lives like that, I don't think. I, at least I, I, like, wish I could live like that. But, um, you know, one of the things that I can that that's like hard for me is like the fear of of like being seen and being judged and being known like it's weird like i have like a weird twist on that which like doesn't make any sense because i like getting on stage in front of people right and i like being loud and fucking and crazy where i'm being seen and i'll just like act like an idiot because i don't care you know yeah but the second i have any kind of like feeling of that not care it's like all it's like all or nothing you know right where it's like i like to uh go nuts like that because like i don't know all of you and i don't have to answer to this i don't have to answer to none of this it's cool it's like a it's like a weird freedom like i don't give a shit what you think about it i don't care like you know you can judge me all day like i don't give a shit you know but then the second any of that shit creeps in it's like crippling like all the way down 
like buried by it, you know. And like yeah. I was like that's when I fucking get quiet and weird, and then I'm just like, oh god. I wish I didn't want you to like me. I actually, <laughs> I hate you because I want you to like me. But that's something that not a lot of people <laughs> I, want to admit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's the thing that fucking I still struggle with all the fucking time. It's just like. Like, I hate you because I secretly don't like this thing about myself. Maybe, like, it's probably <laughs> something to do with that, but it's, like, like, if I'm not just, like, friends with somebody, and then it's, like, if it's not easy, and there's, like, some kind of, like, struggle that fucking causes that, um, then I just, like, I'm, like, fuck that person, dude, they're frustrating, they frustrate the shit out of me, I don't like being around them, but I have to all the time, and it's always awkward, forever, and I can't get past this, and I don't know whose fault it is, like even if it's mine I don't care like I don't want to be around this person anymore but then like you know life has a way of putting you around people like that and so then you have to just deal with it yeah or you could be like me and just cut everybody out completely and then bitch or bitch about being alone later <laughs> no <laughs> well I mean do you have any um uh, are you ready to wrap things up a little bit? Because we've been going for a while now. Is there anything yeah. else you'd like to anything else you'd like to bring up? Is Not there really. a, is there any um, like advice you you could maybe give people that might be going through similar struggles? Yeah, yeah, there is something. Um, so. If everything seems like it's really hard and that like shit's not going to fucking get good again, everything's super fucking difficult, nothing seems like it's going to turn around right, you know, nothing has gone right. And then like you're, you're on your own ass about your entire history of your whole life. And then like, you know, you're, you're stressing about like, you know, success or like where your place is in like socially or economically or whatever else like that. Like there's only one thing that you can do and it's like, sounds corny, but it's like, keep going. Keeping going is easy. You know, it's literally the only thing that you can do. You can't not keep going. So when you do that, like you gotta have, you gotta like set an intention for what you're going to do when you keep going. And, you know, give yourself, give yourself enough space to fucking regroup and get your feet back underneath you. But you got to keep going. That's the only thing. It's like, what else are you going to do? There's like literally nothing else to do but exist. So you got to do it. Yeah. Right. It's, it's the only thing you can do. You can do that or you can not exist. That's not doing something. That's not keeping going. Keeping going is the only thing. And so, like, everything that's going to be hard about keeping going has nothing to do with keeping going. Like Joe Dirt said, you just got to keep on keeping on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've always thought that was like a cheesy quote, but I, I totally like live by it. Yeah. I got the poo on me. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I really appreciate you. Thank you. Like, thank you no, no so problem. much. 
thank you so much for like doing this with me I know it's it's kind of it can be kind of scary and daunting for a lot of people I mean even for Uh, myself you know yeah there's so many people who know me that don't know a lot of that shit that I was just saying right right I mean you I don't like talking about myself it's it hurts you know what I mean like you know it's just I feel like I'm doing something wrong or like I'm like making people listen to it or I don't know what it is, but it's no, nah, just... man. Think of it this way. The people that are going to click on this are people that need to listen to it. You know, they mm. need someone to relate to. They need someone that has similar struggles and experiences that, that are so completely utterly debil- debilitating. Sometimes they feel like they can't keep, keep going. And sometimes they just need to be told, yeah, it's okay to fuck up. It's okay to feel like, you haven't lived up to your highest potential. You just got to keep fucking going, you know? And I feel like I always kind of want to wrap these up with some sort of like positive uh, motivation, I guess. And I feel like that, you know, you're just talking about the the persistence of strength and how you, you can just, you can get through it, whatever you're going through, you can get through it. And, you know, you're still here. You've been through a lot. You've been through a lot of fucking shit. And to me, that's just like, as someone that's been your friend for a long time, that's just like an example, an example of how strong you are. You know, I I think you're an incredible and incredibly resilient human being. Like you really gotta, you really gotta recognize that strength within yourself, dude. Like, I really think you're fucking awesome. I'm so grateful to like call you my friend. Like you're so fucking wise. Like I'm sure you don't know it, but you're so fucking wise, you know? And I feel like, like if you could just see that in your fucking reflection and reach into that and tap into it and hang on to it, you could use that as a gift to like teach people how to be strong, you know? Yeah. So it's, yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, yeah dude. You're, yeah, you're so welcome. So uh, are there any, like, I know you're not currently playing with your bands, but um, is there anything that you would want to plug or, do you think maybe you, after the whole COVID thing, you guys will pick back up again? Any, any music you'd like to share that you've created personally just for yourself that I could plug in here? Not yet. I don't okay. know what the future, I don't know what the future holds for either of those bands as it stands right now. Um, but I mean, we'll, we'll just have to see about how everybody regroups when things start to fucking get back to some kind of normalcy, you know, uh, one of, it's like it's complicated with both of them one of them uh you know has a lot of members well they both kind of have a lot of members one of them has a lot of members and there's like a lot of stuff going on there and then the other one like i don't know how fast they're gonna want to get back to it you know there's a lot of people they got a lot of stuff going on over there um but i have like I could do this like a hundred times on my, <laughs> on my phone. Like I have like recordings that are like about a minute long. Like I could just do this for days on it. Like I have so much stuff. So um, I've been in, in talks with some people about getting some other shit started, but there's nothing, you know, that's just basically a long way of saying no. <laughs> okay. Well, that's fine. That's totally <laughs> yeah. fine. I mean, given the current state of the world, that is totally acceptable. Yeah. You know, I just want to ask as a courtesy anyway. 
but yeah thank you again so much for being on here and thank you guys so much i really appreciate appreciate your support and thank you so much for listening to our episode um i'm going to quit recording now <laughs>